is good. All right. Let's get some scriptures up there. Very familiar ones. Go therefore make all make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Verses you know very well. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The word soldier will be very important in our message today. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the trickery, the cunning craftiness of the devil. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Pay attention to the word finished. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And... Bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. Thank you, Father, for the word. Just one word from you is what we want today. To bless us and let the peace of God reign. And let the power of God be demonstrated, we pray in Jesus' name. Today I want to talk to us about soldiers and being a finishing generation, not a finished generation, but a finishing generation, not a finishing generation as a last generation, but a generation that finishes what it starts, a finishing generation. Praise his holy name. One of the descriptive words that the Bible uses to give us a clearer picture of our role in the earth as saints of God is the word soldier. Soldier. The soldier part is such a real and everyday part of your Christian life, being a soldier. A soldier is one who is engaged in service for their homeland, engaged for its cause, and is also referred to as being a worker. A soldier is a fighter a protector, a guard. Soldiers don't serve to protect themselves, but to guard the interests of the homeland, dedicated to the cause of that homeland. 
We are talking about soldiers of the cross. A homeland that's founded on principles. A homeland that is founded on the Bible. Paul's words to his young protege, Timothy, we read in 2 Timothy, you therefore must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. From this passage of Scripture, we get that a soldier must be dedicated, soldier must be durable, and a soldier must be deliberate. As a soldier in basically any army, but how much more the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some thoughts to think about as we're considering the word soldier and what it means, particularly in the kingdom of God, as being soldiers of Jesus Christ. A soldier of Christ brings Christ peace to the battlefield of the world. Brings Christ peace to the battlefield of the world. In the world you'll have tribulation, but in me you shall have peace. And that is the peace that God wants you and I to take to the tribulation that is in the world. That there is a peacemaker. A soldier not only fights for its history, but it also fights for those who are remaining. They are someone who fights against the spiritual decay and death. We are people who do not just protest the wrong. We bring Christ's peace and message to those who are dying on the battlefields of the world. Go, therefore, in all the world and preach the gospel. Soldiers. As a soldier... We're called to bring Jesus to the wounded, the bleeding, the weary, the lonely, the brokenhearted. We're called to bring a light to the battlefield. A soldier is someone who steps up to the plate because the cause is great enough. Like David in his first major battle for the kingdom. He had fought the bear. He had fought the lion. 
And those were all token things of building his faith. But there on the battlefield, he was doing something for the homeland. And his own words was that the cause is great enough for me to put my life on the line. Oh, hallelujah. Soldiers always dig their foxhole big enough for two people. They fight as part of an army or as a team. One of the first things in lies that the enemy presents is to get us to isolate, to deceive humanity into thinking we can live independently. Know you not that you are the body of Christ, but you're important because you're members in particular, not particular members. <laughs> we are not only called out but we are also called together. Amen. We're called together. We then as workers together. We need to big, or excuse me, we need to dig big foxholes. We need trusted brethren and sisters and fellow Soldiers, with an invitation that you're welcome in my foxhole. Jesus said this as he commissioned his disciples. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. I think it's amazing that each one of us are on a tour of duty. The battle's not over. There's much ministry ahead for you and I as soldiers. But we must recognize that so that we become a generation of finishers. There's a beautiful perspective regarding a soldier that Paul gives us reference to in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 21 and 24, and with a man that we never hear about. And yet, from Paul's own words, we discover, you know what I mean, what a godly soldier looks like. This man called Tychius. First of all, we find out that as a soldier, he was loving. He was faithful. And he was a servant. 
He was an encourager. And he was a discipler. And he was an intercessor. Think about it. A description of a godly In the 1800s, the Duke of Wellington was asked this question when he was present as the mission board was discussing the possibility of success in the ministry, the cost versus the results. And they appealed to him and asked him as they laid out the plan. What is your opinion? The Duke said, What are your marching orders? You see, he said, Success is not the question that you need to discuss. He said, If I read your orders right, then you need to run according to to your orders. We are a nation and a people that often it's checks and balances and I'm not saying that those are out of bound things. But they must not influence our marching orders. Go therefore into all the world. And so what is Jesus saying from that this morning? He is saying this, that our marching orders is go forward. Hallelujah. As the children of Israel stood at the Red Sea, there was conflict everywhere. It didn't seem to be any path of escape. And they began to cry out to God. And God's response was this, why are you crying to me? Go forward. See, God's in the forward. Somebody give a roar of praise. God's in the forward. Oh, yes. Obstacles, they were there. You know, challenges, he says, should not stop us. No. If we fail to move forward, if we fail to undertake the mission and the enterprise that God has given us, we are actually falling backward. But as you look around you and you see, we are not falling backward. As you hear these songs and as you watch these young people lead this worship and as you look around and see the young people in this place and the, the kids that are in this place, we are not falling backward. Backward. That divine command that came from the voice of God on that day. Go forward. Yes, we have a propensity to wait until the way is made plain. And so until we can comprehend the whole plan. 
but God's word and God's plan is onward, and I will open a path before the people. Absolutely. Lift up your rod, stretch out your hand, and you'll walk across on dry ground. Go, and lo, I am with you. Oh, praise his holy name. He says we need to go onward and not become inward. That low promise is connected to the obedience to the orders. Let me tell you, God is unlocking new mantles in marching orders. A mantle is an anointed appointment that is ahead. The story of Elijah and Elisha. Story of David. And others in the Bible. God is releasing new mantles on some and activating existing mantles on others. You need to write that down because whether you're a new timer or an old timer, hallelujah, you still have a mantle that God wants to activate. Yes. So right now, it may be the anointing. but you don't yet have the assignment. David was anointed years before he came into his assignment or his authority. That role as king that God had planned. I believe there is a particular anointing, and not the only, but I believe there is a particular anointing that is being released in this hour and in this time, and is what we could refer to as the Jehu anointing. It's an anointing against the powers of darkness. You remember Jezebel. She was interrupting the kingdom and Israel all the time. She even, you know, caused Elijah to run. <laughs> but an anointing to put that Jezebel spirit underfoot that's trying to kill your, mine, and God's people's destiny. Unlocking new mantles and activating existing mantles.
Another thing that a soldier of the cross needs to understand that Jesus is intense about the mission, but he's flexible about the method. Intense about the mission, but flexible about the method. He knew that the world and culture would be constantly changing. And that the method we use must be more specific too. I can just use the word the heroes. We both have mission and we have ministry. Mission is the redemption of the world. Ministry is the hands-on of that redemption. Hallelujah. Individually and to together. The church is soldiers in the army of the Lord. The church, the people are God's agents of outreach. Notice what the orders from the Great Commission is, or are, because there's more than one, I guess. You have to forgive me for my English. It's my weakest subject. I don't even know why we need it. I mean, <laughs> as long as you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> that's the important thing. I know. Oh, bless God, those that have good English. Okay, first of all, he said we need to mobilize. When he said go, that's to mobilize. Got to mobilize. We need you here. We need you there. And you mobilize, and then you evangelize. That is to make disciples. And he says, then you baptize. In other words, basically he says, you sign up and enlist people. That's the signature. I will be a soldier of Jesus Christ. And then he said, we also need to stabilize. Teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. Yes. Why? Because destiny awaits. I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not of evil. Plans to prosper. Oh, yes. There is a blessing when you just do what God's called you to do in the world that God has placed you. Not that you won't run into Red Seas. Won't run into Jezebel's. 
We need to be careful with that word Jezebel. I hear it used pretty loosely, you know, pointing out people. Right? We got a Jezebel spirit. I don't know why you women always get picked on. You're the best thing that ever happened to mankind outside of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you why. The devil knows how to divide. He knows how to divide. But Jesus said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I like that future. When you talk to missionaries, they begin to report about their going, you'll hear a lot of reports about how the sick were healed, the lepers were cleansed, and how even dead were raised, and the demons were cast out. But as you go, you need to keep a cool head and stay alert. Peter wrote this, and this is from the Message Bible. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep up your guard. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. Fits, doesn't it? It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. Because he gets the last word. Yes, he does. Amen? As soldiers, you need to remember that you're the head and not the tail. That you're above and not beneath. You and I are like the mustard seed. You have the capability to reproduce. You're greater than the mustard seed. Potential is greater. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your destiny awaits your arrival. Think about it. You don't create your destiny. You walk in your destiny. As I retrace my steps from a child to a child, <laughs> yeah, see Joshua said to the children of Israel, and he was speaking the word of the Lord, actually this was this was. Joshua was communicating, but God was saying it. 
how long will you neglect to go forward? The land which the Lord has, has told you is yours. God says, what are you waiting on? Hallelujah. Let me just ask, but don't answer it. How many of you have made some move forward? And, you know, because life is not just physical. It's natural. It's physical. It's spiritual. Made some fast moves. Destiny is ahead. Absolutely. Don't sit in the sun on it. Because the scripture says in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained, ordained you to a prophet to the nations. God has already laid it out. But it's all about going forward. It is both the journey and the destination. Peter gives us a reference to our identity. In relationship to, if I can, if I can say, God's dependency upon us. Now we know that God is dependent per se. But there is some certain amount of dependency if he's waiting, right? He waits for you that he might do. Peter said this, you're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people. Should get excited about it. Want to show portions of the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Really need to get excited. Your destiny is going to take faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It takes faith to move towards your destiny. A destiny that you cannot see. A destiny that's leading to where you, you know what I mean? It's, it's not even on the radar. When you begin to read Hebrews 11 and you see all of those heroes who moved in faith to their destiny, the very first one that's mentioned is Abraham. He went out not knowing where he was going. He was, didn't have a clue. Forgive me for last week running around spitting on everybody. 
But he, he, he went ahead and, and, you know, God says, I want you to leave. Where do you want me to leave to? Temple? Why faith just really makes you do some silly things, doesn't it? Don't make sense. You need a life plan. You got to lay it out. Destiny will also cost you. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, lose his life. And destiny is determined by God. We may aspire, but God has already determined and decided what the destiny should be. And he arranges and works all things to bring about that destiny and his good purpose. All he needs is your yes. Your yes. And he does the arranging. All he needs is you to keep walking. Your destiny is so important because it is not yours alone. He said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I want to make you a blessing. I'm going to give you influence and authority and power. You heard the phrase, no man is an island unto himself. Basically, that's the essence of your destiny. It's not for you alone. Isn't the Great Commission about others? Isn't the Great Commission is you and I being involved in other people's lives? Isn't the Great Commission about us bringing a message and a news and a help and a hope? Just a heads up. Destiny can be lost and it can be found. Destiny is not set in stone. Fulfilling your destiny depends on you and your choices. King Saul lost promising years of his destiny. Yes, he did. God took the 
thrown from him. My dad can't like to say that word disobedient. And please understand, this is not minor disobedience. You know, this is dereliction of duty. Yeah. It's not struggling with it, the commission, the command. Samson, full of strength and anointed by God, but he continually made bad decisions that eventually weakened and captured and enslaved him. He lost his destiny. Solomon, all the power of women. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> he turned his heart. He got in wrong relationships. Thank God you can reset your destiny. Yes. You can go ahead and in a moment ignite that passion and, and regain and recover. You just turn to him and you begin to discover, rediscover rather your destiny. When we do that, Psalms 138 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Hallelujah. Let me try and wrap it up here, but it's not a short wrap up, all right? Some lessons from the life of Gideon that I think fit in our times. God uses tough times to get our attention. God's view of you is bigger than your view of yourself. Oh, mighty man of valor. God says, I will confirm my priorities in your life by my presence. I will be with you. And you will not be defeated. Personal faith proceeds public usefulness. If you want to become great for God, you must first of all set your own house in order. Gideon's first assignment was to tear down the Baal altars and to restore his faith in God. Oh, hallelujah. I love that God is patient with our faith. He's so patient with our faith. See, this is not, this is not hard. But it's insightful. 
See, when he put that fleece of wool before God, that is not faith. But it became faith building. And so you can ask God to do things. You can ask God to confirm. You can ask God to validate. Because you want to make sure <laughs> that you're on track. Oh, praise his name. And always remember that victory is obtained by God's power and not ours. And also we learn that you don't have to be a superhero to be used by God. You don't have to be. Nobody knew his name. His family didn't have recognition. And he was in the pit. So how do we move forward? From the life of Joshua, we'll get some lessons. First of all, put to death the past. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Those disappointments of the past, those failures of the past, those bitternesses of the past, the, the achievements even of the past, and the fear from the past. Put it to rest. Crossover. You got to walk it out. He said this every place that the sole of your feet touches. In other words, it's been given to you, but you haven't been there yet. You haven't walked it out. You haven't gotten there. You haven't made a set a claim on it. it out. And when you do, he said, you won't be abandoned, abandoned, but you will have victory. And therefore, musicians, we come this morning as we finish up with what does a finishing foundation look like? A finishing Not a finished generation. Not the last generation. I'm not talking about. I don't know what the last generation is. All I know is that I'm still here, you're still here, and you look like you're going to live, so let's have some tomorrows, all right? Finishing generation is a generation that are movers and not sitters. A finishing generation are barrier 
breakers. What are you talking about, Pastor? You remember Jesus specifically said, or no, not Jesus did, the, the leaders said this. The Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. The finishing generation is willing to go to the Samaritans. Break that barrier. We're not Christians after Christians. We're soldiers out to set people free. I believe that a finishing generation, they're not chocolate soldiers. Finishing generation does not melt in the heat of battle. old song and we don't sing it much anymore and I don't know it well at all but onward Christian soldiers marching as before at war as to war amen amen oh that's intimidating <laughs> one of the things that's so important Stay in step and learn. The finishing generation pushes forward instead of retreating. A finishing generation relies on revelation not and not merely information. We all need God encounters. I'm so excited. My body can't keep up with my excitement. I just told him this morning, I said, Lord, you know what I mean? You're going to have to go ahead and inject something in this body. You know what I mean? finishing generation will penetrate and not stagnate. Folks, these are not cute words. Finishing generation. How many times have you seen I'm going to go to football a little bit. Having a great lead. And they go into prevent mode and all of a sudden they're behind and they lose. Well, you're not going to lose and we're not going to lose. I don't even want to be benched. 
Oh, hallelujah. A finishing generation moves collectively towards the destiny. Because the kingdom purpose and its establishment is not an individual agenda. It is a generation that fulfills its purpose and not its personal ambitions. It is a generation who turns the hearts of the people in the eyes of the people. Stand with me back to God. Oh, hallelujah. The Old Testament closed out with the word of the Lord of what he said I'm going to do. And when he opened up the New Testament, that still is part of what God is going to do. He said, I am going to turn some hearts. I'm going to go ahead and bring back relationships that are the strength and the stronghold of my whole itinerary. Everything the enemy does is to try to stop the itinerary of God. And probably the simplest way is to go ahead and use a dislodging warfare. Young people, you're part of the finishing generation. And I want to join hands with you. And I need you to join hands with me. I want to finish. So with all that said, I don't know what that forward is tomorrow, but I do know that we must retain and maintain a forward launching a new beginning. Paul said, I finish my course. But the race was still on. 
one thing, another thing that a soldier does is that they run with patience. You gotta run with patience. You get too anxious and you'll trip over your own feet. That makes sense this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. You gotta finish. Finish well. Thank you, CW. Finishing well. You're not finished. But you've always been a finisher. I can't even ask, I can't ask him to fix the pumps anymore. can't ask him to go ahead and figure out the electrical anymore. You know, I really don't have very many strong points, church, when it comes to the physical aspect of things. I don't. I mean, you know. said, obey your marching orders. Go with God because he's on his way. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're dismissed in love.